Coucou tout le monde, you're listening to Le Bookworms Pod. I'm Helen. And I'm Miranda. This is the podcast that explores the diversity of the francophonie. One book at a time. Je tombais dans ce sommet, l'heure où ce devoir perdu le retour à la jeunesse, la reprise des années passées, des sentiments perdus, la désincarnation, la transmigration des âmes, l'évocation des morts, les illusions de la folie, la régression vers les reines le plus élémentaire de la nature. Bonjour! Salut Miranda, ça va? Ça va bien, toi? Ça va, ça va. Bonne année. C'est la première fois qu'on fait un podcast euh, en 2023. Donc, euh, Happy New Year to everybody. Oui, c'est vrai. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. And how was your New Year? It's been very busy. I have had almost no time to read. Been devouring audiobooks because mm. I've been just nonstop on my feet, traveling, going places, getting back to from places. So it was lovely to go back to the U.S. over the holidays <laughs> and see my family. But did not leave a lot of time to uh, read Proust, that's for sure. <laughs> How was your holiday? Oh, it was good, but same. It, it, holidays are always, like, busy and you don't really get a lot of time to yourself because you're always with other people, which is fine. But for some of us introverts, it's a lot. It is, yeah. So didn't get a ton of time, but the d time I got was blissful. <laughs> good. So, I'm excited because this is our first Proust check-in of the new year, and want to try and find a way to enjoy this process and every time we have a Proust check-in I feel like we enjoy it more yes. or it reinvigorates our original goal in reading Proust. I agree no as I prepared for this podcast and reflected and went over my notes I was shocked how profound this section of text was Whereas I did not enjoy mm. reading it so I do think I need to find a better balance <laughs> going forward of maybe Yeah, checking in maybe every 50 to 100 pages instead of doing bigger yeah. lengths because I do agree that it feels better once we go over it or pause and reflect for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a candy cane black tea. Oh. And it's delicious. Holding on to those holiday vibes. <laughs> Yeah, if there's snow on the ground, then I'm allowed. I always find it sad how winter like it just begins, honestly, a few days before Christmas, and yet we somehow all agree that it's also yes. over after Christmas. <laughs> yes. No, we have a ton of snow here in Ottawa, so I'm enjoying the winter vibes. Yeah, well, I have a nice uh, soy latte with a little bit of cinnamon and honey, so. Oh, that sounds delicious. Well, let's just give an update. So what page number are you at right now? I'm at 685. What about you? Okay. And I am at, well, I finished the the book, which is on the last page is 744. You came up from behind, girl. You got it And done this week. <laughs> Listen. Out of you. Listen. I felt bad. I felt bad because you're 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 a very consistent, and I feel like I'm a bit more like psh, like bursts of energy where I'm like, yes, I'm reading Proust, and 
Anyway, I, I got well, there through you it, go. but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So what, how are you feeling about this? We can start with just maybe first impressions of this because we struggled a lot trying to get through this. But like you said, like it was pretty impactful. So I left off, you know, when I finished the the last part of this, I was like, that was really interesting and really cool. And I think what did it for me is the change in scenery when they go to a new place right i feel Mm -hmm. like it always helps break up the narrative a little bit and that's what we had in the first part with combre as well which like i enjoyed just a different place it almost brings you into like a i don't know like a a new character and i i definitely liked marcel better in this part (laughs) than i have liked him before what what did you think yeah, my first impressions were similar. We get a new beachside town to visit. We have some new characters join us, uh, which makes it, yeah, a little bit more interesting. It's not just obsessed with Swan. <laughs> yes. Because like, oh. the first part was obsessed with Mr. Swan. Then we got obsessed with Mrs. Swan. And now I'm like, okay, we're getting some yes. self-reflection. We're getting a little bit more movement. So yeah, so I guess... That's kind of where we're at. Do we want to do the 30-second recap for everybody? Yeah. Do you want to take a crack at it? Yes. Count me in. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So basically, since we picked up last time, Marcel has left Paris with his grandmother, had a very weepy goodbye with his mother, and, you know, still the mama's boy, and how can he ever live without her, even if he's a grown man? We meet new people. Because they're in a beachside town, living it up, high society. We got girls, we got boys, we got shenanigans left and right. He's meeting artists, musicians. He's feeling pretty good about himself. And we get a lot of introspection and a lot of love going on. Mm-hmm. There you I go. I think that was great. <laughs> that was almost, exa- yeah, it was like a little over 30 seconds, but still pretty good. I think the other thing to mention is that uh, Gilbert, I don't know how to pronounce that name. It seems so masculine, but his sort of obsession with her is pl- pretty much entirely over. Like it's, it's yes. completely quashed. We've moved on. Which is good. We needed to move on. So happy for Marcel. <laughs> 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 well, as you say that we're, we're in this new beach town, and I did look up a little bit about it because, I, again, it's one of these, I think, fictional places, but it's based it on is. a real place in France. So it, yes. it's called Balbec, but it's not, that's not a place. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure most of this is all fictional. And even yeah. the artwork he talks about is also fictional because there was a few passages mm. where he's talking to the artist and that painting doesn't exist. It exists only in In Search of Lost Time. Interesting. Now, one of the things, though, that they do talk about that does exist is his grandmother gives him a book from uh, Madame de Sévigné, who was like a, a an aristocrat at the time, and she did actually write a book. So that was one of those ones I had to look up. Never heard of her. There's still, like, you know, references to art and culture are still plentiful throughout Yes, there are. And I found this one, we actually moved slightly more towards music because I feel like we've Mm. gotten the first section was heavy on literature. Then we moved into plays. And I feel like this one, we had a lot of focus on music. And yes, of course, he keeps connection. Like you said, he references other 
artists and writers as well. But I thought there was a, a stronger focus on how music impacted people. I don't know. What, did you yeah. get that feeling at all? Or am I making that up? <laughs> no, that sounds right to me. I mean, they talk they talk a lot about art and politics. Like, I feel like they mm-hmm. go on these um, they go on these like carriage rides and they just to just chat about life, which is lovely. But um, uh, yeah, I think it was a shift towards music. You're right. I mean, it's especially maybe it's the not being in the city because in the city, he's obsessed with theater, like completely yes. obsessed. So maybe it's just the shift away from that focus refocuses more on music. Yeah, I, yeah. I did notice that. Was there anything else that stood out for you that you want to bring to the table today? I think a lot stood out to me, actually, in this section. I had so many different thoughts. Most of it was about how profound some of the passages were, especially mm. around the ideas of love and identity and how we create our own identity, as well as how others view who we are. So I thought that was yeah. what my takeaways were, was just how deep he went. We get a lot more self-reflection, mm. which I really appreciated. Yes. So I don't know. Do you want to dive into some of the deeper topics yeah i i definitely don't have like specific quotations but i will say that it was i did find often that it was very self-reflective like you said and a lot of it for me was about people's perceptions mm-hmm. and sort of like how you're seen in the world and it, whether that is a true reflection of yourself and then what that means to other people like ha- like your association with other people in that perception which i guess is was in the beginning parts of this book but not as much like it was it was it was it struck me more in in this area but why don't you go forward with your specific if you have specific areas yeah well I have a couple specific quotes and I absolutely loved it so on 586 through 588 and yes that is two pages but it really is like one conversation (laughs) because it's Proust I just thought his exploration of like the inside of humans and our identities and the discussion of virtues and faults was just so beautiful. So here I translated it in English for everybody. So (laughs) he starts by saying, in humanity, the frequency of identical virtues for all is no more marvelous than the multiplicity of faults, particular to each one of us. And Mm. I thought that was really profound. Yeah. And how we categorize everything very in a very binary sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. He continues by talking about as well, even if goodness paralyzed by self-interest is not exercised, it nevertheless exists. Which I'm mm. like, he, just like back-to-back sentences of like just sucker punches to the gut of they're so profound. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I mean, and I, I will also say that you're doing a great job translating, but like the French does sort of hit harder. I don't know. It's it's hard to translate, I feel like, like humanity, but also like in the lived experience of being human. You know what I mean? Like I love the French, even if it's really hard to follow uh, sometimes. And it's interesting how I think, again, about perception, it, those things are a reflection of what we value. And so while we value intelligence, we also value timeliness or something. And so depending on how important that that virtue is to you, depends on what you think of that person and whether their Mm -hmm. virtues outweigh their faults, right? I mean, there are certain things for me that are uh, insurmountable faults, like, and that's because those virtues are more important to me than they would be to other people. Yeah, no, I think that's a well put. That's well put. 
Well, actually, I think the most profound passage within these pages, if I can continue with my obsession with these three pages, is a little bit farther down. Again, I'll start with the English so that everyone's on the same page. It says basically that we never talk about ourselves because it is a subject where one can be sure that the view of others and our own never agree. If we have as many surprises as visiting a seemingly unremarkable house whose interior is filled with treasures, crowbars, and Mm. corpses, when we discover that real life of others, the real universe under the apparent universe, we feel no less of it. Instead of the real image that we had made of ourselves, thanks to what everyone told us about it, William, the language that they hold towards us in our absence, what an entirely different image they carried of us and of our lives. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah, basically, these three pages were just oh. like home runs for me. I just could not stop underlining because it he never s- stops. It's like this one giant monologue. But how deep. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about this section is we're getting a lot more of this, of this thinking of really going inwards instead of projecting outwards and telling us what's happening outside of Marcel. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think he's, it's when it's, he's at his best as he's reflecting Mm -hmm. upon his experiences, not obsessing about the next experiences, but maybe that is the point, right? Is that the lesson for all of us? (laughs) Yeah. Well, like that, like there's a reflection like in those reflective times is when we're maybe our most honest when he's like obsessed with, you know, Swan and, and he's obsessed with other people and he's looking f- to like, what's going to happen next and what can I do? And like, how can I know more and be more involved? Like you're, that's not where you know yourself the best. It's when they're, you're sort of reflecting that you, that you learn more and certainly mm-hmm. where it feels more profound. It's sort of, I was so bored of like the obsession. I mean, I, I think it was yeah. just so, it's so tiresome and maybe that's supposed to be because we're we're outsiders right and to people on the outside it's it no nothing is as interesting as like the person going through it right but like oh absolutely i was sick of it well i think all of us have those obsessions where we cannot help ourselves but to talk about it and everyone else just finds it incredibly boring yeah but this this is a next level i i kind of understand now what we had talked about or what others talk about in proust of how humanity is in this book because that's what I was Mm. starting to get from these passages where he really was putting a finger on a human experience in terms of absolutely the idea that in some ways we know who we are better than anyone else but the reality and we've kind of talked about this in other check-ins is that the world also decides who we are and also creates an identity. And sometimes those don't line up, the public narrative versus the private. And you can be just us, random people on the street, or you can be like Prince Harry, who has been talking about this narrative for years now. But it's true. At every level, each person has their own idea of their identity. And yet we have very little control of how the world sees us. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I was totally going royalty as well, where I was thinking like, there's this idea of who you are. It it is you and it isn't, right? Like it's true and it's not, right? And and, and you blur to not knowing how much of it is you and isn't you. I was the eldest child and I was told a lot that, you know, I was very mature for my age. And I think that 
in some ways I was, but I also think that like, then that becomes your life. Oh, I'm very mature for my age. Everyone mm-hmm. tells me that. And it's like, I don't even know if that was an, a reflection I had or if it was, you know, people or people's perception and it just becomes your reality, right? Like it just becomes a part of your identity. I know that, that we're sort of just talking about the same things, but I, I do think identity is such so core to the human experience that it is really interesting to explore it in these ways. And his writing is just very profound in that way. Like it brings that out of you if you're like, oh. Absolutely. And then to go another step farther, if we go a few pages down, so 602, he just mm. broke my heart because he brings love into the mix. And let's be honest, love changes everything. Yes, and it, it was so beautiful because he says the important thing in life is not what you love, but to love. And oh, mm. like just. Yeah, I love I that. thought that was beautiful because it is. It's not what you love. It's to love. It's the action, the verb to love yeah. and to appreciate. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not the object. Yeah. It's, it's you. It's again, placing the power in the self. It's the action of loving, and that is more important than anything else. I love that. I th- I think you're right. Like it's and it's and it's to love is to to experience love and to love others is uh, the human experience. You know, yes. and without that, you really don't. There is so much of life that you miss out on. That's part of living, right? Is like feeling that to connect to that is to know that it will happen in your life, right? Like mm-hmm. if if there's sadness or love to connect to that experience is because everybody will experience loss and happiness and love and it's just part of being human and alive exactly which Proust touches on on page 654 if we keep going my (laughs) goodness because again i I freaking loved this section though i like i said to you i did not exactly enjoy reading it but the time it took for me to reflect and go over my notes i was like holy cow he just kept going Because that's exactly Mm -hmm. what he says later on. He's talking about how love builds and that your first love prepares you for your second. Your second love builds you for your Mm. third. And I, I read this in so many different ways because it it can be, he can be talking about, you know, your first love as in a, a person, a relationship, but in some ways it can be applied to friendships. I think you have platonic love and all of a sudden you meet someone else, but you wouldn't have been ready to meet them or you wouldn't have learned that interest that connected you. Or or even if you look at the interests and subjects that you love, right? Like I love politics at five years old. Did I love politics? No, I didn't know what it was. But you slowly (laughs) get there, right? Like everything builds on each other and you become a newer self. And it made me think of Glennon Doyle and how she kind of talked about Mm. that, of how in her book she explores how she went from Christian mom blogger to out lesbian and proud <laughs> activist and how yeah. each day we have an opportunity to be a new and better self and how great. And I kind of was getting that from him of, he was saying love builds, but you're really yeah. becoming a higher self. I think it's also that, you, like you say, people change and that's part of life and living and it's not a betrayal of anything, right? Like to no. love someone and then like move on in your life and love again is not a betrayal of the first love it's just like building exactly it's just changing who you are right and i thought it was such a positive spin yeah i feel like people 
people are very like proprietary about like friendships and and love and that like it either is or it isn't the most important thing in your life and I was like well it's it's changed by the experiences you have and your experiences are changed by the love that you experience right and and mm-hmm. these and I I love that you've included friendship in it because I I agree that like I strongly feel that friends like friends are the great loves of your lives as well you know and and yeah, they walk beside massively you and in you. hardest times yeah absolutely yeah. no i just really liked i liked this i want you to keep going <laughs> i'm just but speaking of friends i love that he finds a group of people in the end that he kind of i wouldn't say that they're friend friends but like they're basically uh, a cordial like group relationship which is nice and they go for picnics and they like go on the countryside this is with uh, albertine and mm-hmm. and her friends like i i love that he's exploring that and be- having maybe more appropriate friend groups <laughs> yeah because it's the first time we see him with friends he's been kind of a lonely child and then hanging yeah. out with much older women and so there's not been a lot of camaraderie with people in his own age group so i agree i thought that yeah. was nice for him to do. And it was cute how you mentioned earlier, you know, they go on carriage rides, but how many people in their teenage and early 20s, you drive around in cars, listening to music and sharing your soul or, you know, you're on the metro or, you know, what have you. But there is something beautiful about the image of transitory action. Like they're physically moving at the same time that they're spiritually moving, you know? Oh, I love that. And you're and you, like, I absolutely like went on so many walks with friends where it's like, we're not going anywhere. We're just walking to so that we have something to do and talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I realized my memory would not work with your life in Toronto. But as a Midwesterner, I didn't we definitely car, took a but... lot of driving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> driving through the cornfields, thinking about life. <laughs> But we did, I like one of my best friends, we would sometimes take the transit to a movie and we would walk back and just talk like and it mm-hmm. was just, you know, more time to spend together. No, I just think it's very cool how it's progressed. It's progressed in Marcel's life, but also in my ability to connect with this book. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've progressed in accepting it and finding a little bit more depth to it, even if it's still yeah. a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's. So can we just say, I'm still finding, for me, the challenge is that there is no natural end point at which you can put the book down. That, for me, is the biggest hurdle for reading, is I really, you just, you don't want to stop because it's like a stream of consciousness, but then it's just so, like, it just continues, the flow is just so different than what we're used to with any other novel, frankly. I, I was, I'm finding that to be still the biggest hurdle. Yeah, because I can't stop at a chapter to just take a pause. You have to keep going. And then there's always that once you re-enter, you're like, okay, where am I? And like you said, I'm giving you quotes because I remember the quotes, but I don't remember if they're on a dinner or if they're at the beach. Like, I can't remember anymore because it was 10 pages ago by the time we get to the actual conversation. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That I find it hard to. And I'm also curious how we would feel if we read this in English. While I understand the French... There is a certain fatigue that comes with it because it is older French yes. and it's just such long passages that I wonder if if I would have read this in English, it would have lessened the fatigue in some ways and maybe I could have appreciated it more. 
Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think that that's definitely part of it uh, as well. I'm struggling a lot with the language. I, I, I definitely have to read this with my phone open for translation because there are so many words that I don't know. <laughs> it's really fun. I wrote down one of the ones I had to look up because I too had oh? to look up some. Should I share it with you guys? This is yeah, crazy. Yeah, do it. Okay, it's put a stat. Titre donné au Moyen-Âge au premier magistrat de certaines villes de Italie et du Midi de la France. So in English, Potestat is a title from the Middle Ages of the first magistrate in certain Italian cities and cities in southern France. What a word to employ in a book, right? Like, is I that think, necessary? <laughs> I think that is a great example of a word that I have no understanding of and is super no. dated and very of the time. And it's like, no, I don't know what that is. I, but we could have just said magistrate, probably... right? Like, he could have just said magistrate. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have oh, all understood. Have been as specific. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's my He's definitely a person who took time to write this book. I mean, it's it's insanely long, but like, again, the sentences are beautiful, but they're long. Like, they're just, everything is just so flowy and the language is so beautiful, but like complex. There's a lot of thought that goes into all of it. So it's not necessarily easy to read. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the only thing I wanted to talk about before we end off and talk about uh, what we're going to do next is like the the title we had a lot of trouble with when we first started because mm -hmm. it's kind of creepy, right? Like it, like there are a couple different translations, but a direct translation would be in the shadow of young girls in flower. Yes. But I, so I kind of came around to it a little bit because I think that he is sort of in the shadows in the sense of he's reflecting he's not obsessing in this weird way but he's with these younger people who are more his age and appropriate for him and they're in flower is kind of gross but like they're coming of age and i think that he is really doing a lot of coming of age stuff in this section where he's reflecting on who he wants to be who he is if if who he is is who he thought he was which like oh that was totally me in university like i don't know who mm -hmm. i am i thought that i was this person and now i'm not so i kind of came around to the, the the title i also came around to the title because on page 560 i even wrote Ooh. I'm pretty sure this is talking about the title like there was a passage basically where he's talking about flowers and he's talking about these white flowers and then all of a sudden made me think, yeah, like the white blooms for innocence, kind of like you were talking about mm. the, the innocence of youth. And then he was talking about how the flowers kind of become red and it made me think of blush, like blushing, like innocent yeah. blushing and kind of we do get hints throughout the whole thing, right? He, he has a crush for the first time. He falls yes. in love for the first time. And it's that innocence of not being old enough to realize what love is, but yet still feeling it and still having those, you know, sensations yeah. and again, blushing. And to me, I did come around to it because it became a little bit less creepy, in my opinion. Yeah. So we're in agreement for sure. I'm glad. I just wanted to point that out. Because the next, unless there's more that you want to talk about. I have one more thing. Oh, yeah, go if for I, it. Sorry. If I may. Go for it. Yeah. On page 678, if we go back towards the end. There's another quote for everybody. So I'll start in French and then translate it since I've been only mm. reading the English. On ne reçoit pas la sagesse. 
Il faut le découvrir soi-même après un trajet que personne ne peut faire pour nous, ne peut nous épargner, car elle est un point de vue sur les choses. So in English it says, We do not receive wisdom. We must discover it ourselves after a journey that no one can do for us, can spare us, because it is a point of view on things. So basically, you mm -hmm. have to do the work. You yourself have to find yeah. wisdom and discover it. And I do think that's part of what this whole chapter is, is he is discovering things. He's becoming wiser as a young adult. We're seeing a transition. We're seeing him grow up. We're seeing a little bit more things happen in his noggin. You know, he's, he's reflecting yeah. a bit more. This is making me think very much of like the philosophical idea of whether you can create a treatise on the philosophy of life without experiencing life right? Like, and, and can you know things that you haven't experienced? Because it, it's, mm -hmm. it's an interesting, obviously, debate for a lot of reasons. But I think I'm firmly on the side that you, you can't totally know things that you haven't experienced. I think I've been thinking a lot about my mom who passed away over a year ago now. And like, you, you know that it's a horrible thing. And people can know that it's awful, but you really can't know how it is until you experience it and mm -hmm. you know I, I think that as much as people can say nice things and understand like there really is only having experienced it and understanding it and especially through your own journey because even you know my partner lost a parent he totally understands but everything is a unique experience because it's happening to you right and so mm -hmm. it's shared in many ways for sure but um But it's also individual. So I kind of, I love that, that you have to go it your own, basically. No, I think it's true. I think it's also that feeling of each of us has to experience things as we are in this moment, right? So even mm -hmm. if you experience one thing at the age of 15 and you experience the exact same situation at the age of 28, it's a different moment. It's a different self. Yeah. And therefore you will have such different emotions and reactions depending on where you are so yeah absolutely i agree i think some roads are not shareable right like you can't yeah. know until you've walked that path yourself and even then it's still a very unique experience that yeah it's so hard to to connect with others on well and it's i love the way you said that the self of that moment experiencing yeah. it right so like in it's the shared loss and people have experienced grief and loss but nobody lost my mom right and yeah. so it's the you that is experiencing it at the time i love that that was really well said well yeah but anyways i really enjoyed this in this section because there were so many self-reflections personally, right? Like I had to self-reflect. I had questions that I was writing down in the margins, you know, like what qualities and characteristics do we want to showcase? Do we want to hide? And I think that's part yeah. of, again, the perception of self. What are we broadcasting? What are we putting on our Instagrams? And what are we not? You know, like that's a mm -hmm. personal choice. Some people put things, I'd be like, oh, I would never put that on Instagram, but that's an attribute yeah. they want to highlight and great for them. And yeah, I think it's kind of cool to see a book that's so old be so relevant still in terms of these kind of questions of what do we want? How do we discover and how universal some of these human experiences are and yet how individual yeah. they are as well. Like we both read the same words and take away very different True. messages. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to end this. I think that this is, this has been a better one. And again, we, I feel better. I do too. Let's keep going. Let's keep reading. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the next part or the next section is called Le Côté de Guermant or Guermant. Yeah. Which is that we know this family. So the Guermants yes. are, are a family we've been introduced to. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to assume it has something to do with the like parallel of the du côté du chez Swan, maybe like this that was Swan's way. This is the Guermant's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to be determined. But my yeah. goal for 2023 is to finish this book. That is going to happen this year. <laughs> I'm saying it now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keeping myself accountable. <laughs> yep, we can do it. We can do it. Well, we will catch you guys next time. Have a great start to 2023. And uh, a yes. bientôt. A bientôt.